Acclaimed media personality and author Joanne Joseph has launched the eagerly awaited Children of Sugarcane. Fact meets fiction in this book set against the backdrop of 19th century India and the British-owned sugarcane plantations of Natal. It paints an intimate and wrenching picture of indenture told from a woman's perspective. We welcome her to the show now live on the official drive. Good afternoon, Joanne. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Lloyd. I'm really well, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for being on uh, the show this afternoon. Now, firstly, Joanne, what was the motivation and why did you feel so passionate about writing Children of Sugarcane? So, uh, I was looking into the history of my great-grandmother who came to South Africa as an indentured labourer in the early 19th century, um, or late 19th century, rather. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get to the heart of exactly why she left India to come here. And of course, as I began to uncover her story, so I began to uncover the stories of hundreds of thousands of other women brought here during the same period. Um, you know, and that led me to believe that it actually warranted a, a, a narrative, some kind of, of story, a fictional, uh, historical fiction story that, that could tell the story particularly from a woman's perspective. Now, Joanne, what was the process like? I mean, to get the history correct and weave a personal narrative into this novel, I'm sure a lot of hard work goes into all of this. There's a massive amount of work, Lloyd. I'm exhausted, <laughs> frankly. Um, it, it took me nine years to actually pull the novel together, and that was um, intermittent writing and research. Um, so, so there was quite a lot of that. And then, of course, you've got to balance the narrative with the accuracy of the historical fiction as well. So it was, it was a massive amount of work. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate, though, to be able to work with, with a team at Jonathan Ball, a, a fantastic editor, Helen Moffat, my brilliant history editor, Dr. Vashna Jagannath. All of these individuals contributed to ensuring um, that, that the novel was historically accurate. Well, I focused more on the, the kind of creative fiction side of it. Now, tell us a bit more about the main character, Shanti. So, you know, she's a young woman who is, I say young woman, but actually in, in, in actual fact, she's a teenager. She's a 14-year-old escaping an arranged marriage in India, and, and her parents are absolutely insisting on this. Shanti, however, has had a taste of education, um, and, and she has notions of, of wanting to improve herself using education. She wants to become a teacher, to, to make a career out of education, or whatever one would conceive of as a career at that time. Uh, it would have been far out of the reach of women at that time, but Shanti believes it's possible. The marriage, however, will stymie that if she wants to do it. And so she decides that she is going to have to leave uh, the fictional uh, town of Bakudosi, which I have created, and uh, she gets on a ship to the colony of Natal in the hope that she will be able to fulfill some of those dreams. Unfortunately, what's waiting for her on the other side is quite harrowing. Now, Joanne, in telling Shanti's story, right, you have provided a feminist first-person narrative. Now, how does it offer a different perspective from the literature that already exists on indenture in South Africa? There, there is some really beautiful literature on indenture, Lloyd. Uh, people like Carver Moodley, uh, Aziz Hassam, and, and several others have written really wonderful novels uh, about families. And they, they're sweeping, epic novels. That, uh, that travel through generations and they tell beautiful stories of families. But for me, the, the story of indenture is, is captured most accurately and most painfully in the story of women because women earn half the wages that, that the men earn for doing the same work. Women are in particular predatory danger from both Indian men and the British men uh, who, who inhabit their environment. 
women, just in, in, the, in the simplest term, get the worst deal during indenture, women and children. And so it seems to me that that, that was a corner of history that has not been adequately explored in terms of fiction. Um, for me, there's beautiful academic writing on this as well. It, it's so detailed and we are so fortunate to have brilliant historians in this country that have covered that. But I want to really make this a story of a woman because it also connects with the reality of so many women, modern-day women, who are living in poverty, who are suffering from discrimination, inequality, and, and, and all the societal horrors that continue to haunt us. And I thought that, that exploring this through Shanti's eyes in a novel set about 160 years ago could actually enable us to, to make some of those modern linkages at the same time. Now, Joanne, one of the main themes running throughout is that of education. Um, why is this so important in the Indian narrative and the uh, South Africa that we live in today? Well, Lloyd, thank you for drawing attention to that uh, to that part of the narrative. It's so important to me as a theme in the book. And, and essentially, let me put it this way. I, I interviewed a, a, a wealth coach a few months ago who told me that looking at the current South African situation, it would take the average South African person nine generations to break the cycle of poverty without the intervention of education. That gives you an idea of how many Indian people would be living exactly as their ancestors were all those generations ago had we not had that advantage of education. And so the, the difference that it makes to, to people's lives is tangible. And, and Shanti has that realization. And she realizes that the only way out of poverty, the only way out of colonization in the long term is actually educating oneself in order to be able to challenge the colonization. And, and I think it, it's much the situation in which we find ourselves today. Yeah. If we do not have access to education, if we do not give our children access to education as a priority, we might find ourselves in a state of stagnation for a very long time to come. Besides education, race and religion also explored. Tell us a bit more about that. So there's a very complex thing. On the one hand, um, we've got racial relations between the British people and the Indian people. We've got race relations between Indians and Africans, between Africans and the British. Those are very complex relationships. And what I wanted to explore in this book was the origins of some of them. So we do grapple with race in our society today, but we don't often go back and look at the origins of these difficult race relations. And I hope that in some small way, children of sugarcane will get people thinking about where the origins of these difficulties lie. What did the coming of the British mean for the indigenous people who lived in this country? What did it mean for Indian people who were brought here? What kind of relationship, what kind of mediated relationship did it set up between British people, uh, between Indian people and African people in this country? We're still struggling with that, as the July looting showed us. And, and my, my hope is that, well, I cannot answer all the questions in this book. I hope to simply allude to and touch on some of these race relations that will help us hopefully open further conversations about the history of them. In terms of religion, well, we've got an exposition in the book of many people, many, many different types of religion. Um, you know, they, they, they are people who are grappling with their place in the world and trying to find a true religion. Indian people in particular who are foregrounded in the book and thought to be homogenous by other races are certainly not, if anything. I hope that it paints pictures how different people within the Indian community are or our ancestors were uh, religiously and culturally. So... 
I have tried to touch on all of these and explore some of the beauty of, of each of these religions, but also some of the, the, the challenges that they that they throw into our path, the obstacles that they throw into our path, and, and that certainly the characters in the book struggle to overcome. Now, Joanne, what I like about this as well is that it's not Indian history, it's South African history, and one that needs to be shared by, by all communities. Uh, how do you see this novel as fostering that understanding of shared history? So, Lloyd, we, we tend to think in a very sectarian way about history. Um, we tend to link it to our language, to our race, to our geography, perhaps. And I don't think we've spent enough time exploring what it means to have a collective history for us to be able to say um, that actually this may be the history of an Indian indentured laborer, but in a way, it's my history because I connect with the struggles of that person. I connect with the aspirations and the triumphs of that person, too. And, and that, that's what makes it such, a, such an important exercise for us as a, as a South African community as a whole, to be able to, to look at each other's history, to take ownership of those histories in some way, and say that there are aspects of each type of history that appeal to me or that I personally connect with because my ancestors went through the same struggles. I am still currently engaged in the same struggles. I'm, I'm so amazed that this came through in my first book launch um, in Johannesburg last week. I'm just so amazed at how people of other races have, uh, have accepted the book and have, have in a way taken ownership of the narrative themselves because I expected this to be, or I feared, I suppose, that this would be treated as a kind of minority group narrative. Mm. And it hasn't been. It has been embraced by people of all backgrounds. And I really appreciate that so much. Now, you spoke about launching the encounter. Joanne, you're in Durban right now for a series of book launches and discussions too. So, you know, it's a home of a spice. How do you feel about sharing this story with the broader public here? Oh, I'm so excited to be back home, you know. Um, And, of course, this is where the story originates where the people landed. Um, on the 16th of November this year, we will be commemorating 161 years since the first, since the first shipload of indentured laborers arrived. And I think it's quite telling that I'm able to come to Durban shortly before that anniversary and be able to share this history and, and my representation of this history with the people of Durban. The city, although I live in Johannesburg, is very close to my heart. It's still home to me. It is still one of the most beautiful places in the country. And driving through, because I'm actually in Pongat, that's where I'm speaking at the moment. Driving through, I'm so aware of, of the beauty of this place, but also the, the pain and the history of this place. And, and the space that there exists for so much more exploration of all of these elements. So I have to throw this in very quickly before we wrap up, Joanne. Being a Durban girl, what's your favourite curry? <laughs> I'm vegetarian. Actually, so, so so what would you so, like? Um, you know, I, I've got a real, I've got a real like for green beans and potatoes. <laughs> green beans <laughs> with rice, yes. rice or with rice with dough with pickles, the whole food. Um, but I also love a vegetable biryani. My mother, I think, is, is, is probably the best cook on the planet. And um, and I love my, one of my favorite things about coming to Durban is that I can gorge myself on her food. You're making me hungry right now for some veggie biryani. But anyway, so all our listeners out there, how can our peeps get a copy of this book and support South African talent? 
so it's available in uh, all independent stores, bargain books, uh, readers warehouse, boot take a lot online, exclusive books. So you can go out to any of those uh, any of those stores and find yourself a copy, or you can order it online. Great stuff, uh, Joanne. We're really proud of you, and thank you for joining thank us you. live on the official drive on Lotus FM. All the best with the book as well, and God bless you. Thank you so much, Lloyd. I really appreciate your time. Absolute pleasure. Acclaimed media personality and author Joanne Joseph uh, talking to us about the Burke children of sugarcane and all the best to her there.